We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. What's up, guys? Jeff here. Join us in this episode on the first night of the 4x4x48 Challenge. We talk all things running through the night with special guest John, and he may or may not have hit the trail already. Welcome back to the 3OK Runners Podcast. This is Jeff. And we are set up here in the 4x4x48 mobile studio. We are encountering the challenge of the first night, and it is dark outside. So we thought we would pass the time by bringing you another episode of the podcast. So far, so good. So far, so good. This is a wonderful venue, actually. I'd like to lead off with the venue. It is... Um, very accommodating for what we're trying to do. There's trails everywhere. There's plenty of space. The water and the electricity is up and running, and I'm excited to see what the next two days will be. Yeah, we got super lucky out here at Lake Thunderbird at the Turkey Pass. The showers are close. We got bathrooms close, really, really close. And then we've got the full hookups for all the camper stuff, and then we got trails real close. Uh, we brought John on for the podcast today, and him and I came out a little early, scouted out the trails. And uh, we're good to go. We got a couple of decent little routes to to run, and uh, we've just finished up our third run, twelve miles into it now, and uh, going to do a little recording, and then we're going to get another run here at midnight. Yeah, but, I'm hoping those orange blazes you guys put out are really bright when we get out there. Jared doesn't have super faith in it, at night, <laughs> but they will work. I think. I think they'll work. That we just finished our first run in the dark. And um, I actually thought it was the best run so far. It's, there's something about the dark. It just sort of gets you like in the moment, headlamp on, looking down at the trail right in front of you. And um, I I think the four miles went a little bit faster for me that time than the, they did the previous two runs. I, and I think it's a great example of how important a good headlamp is when you're doing these runs. Yeah. Yeah, I just bought a brand new headlamp. It's working out very well. <laughs> we laugh because we, the battery doesn't work on it. <laughs> but that's not important. And I, yeah, that's it's the only up. thing that makes it light up. But anyway. It looks good on him, at least. <laughs> Works really good in the daylight. So what, what do you guys think will be uh, open to the floor? What do you think is going to be the bigger obstacles coming up with the 4x4x48? Yeah, Ali, I, I, I just remember from the last time, um, as you get more and more fatigued um, and get more and more sleep deprived, um, I feel like the trails is going to add a, a whole new element of difficulty for me. La- last time I did it, I did it all on paved roads or sidewalks or whatever, and um, I can I can already tell it's getting harder and harder to clear the roots and the stumps and... Um, 
we even had a fall last run. Our, <laughs> our first fall of the 4x4x48 challenge. And if, if you're following us on Instagram, I did post that. Poor John, my buddy that's in the Navy with me. Chief waited about five minutes to call him out. <laughs> he was like, yes, he finally fell. We did have a money pool going, and we figured Jeff was going to be the first to fall. But uh, he may have fell in Mustang, but he's not going to tell us. So John John took the trophy for having the first fall on the, on the trip, but... Well, yeah, that's what I honestly, I think that's what's going to be the most challenging this time is that different terrain. Honestly, I'm, we're only 12 miles in, but I feel like I'm already more fatigued than I should be 12 miles in. So I'm, I'm worried about how much harder the trails are going to make it. Yeah. And, and that's a lot of where, that's why I wanted to do that on the dirt trails, vice pavement, because I, you know, we got Leadville coming up. I wanted to emulate a little bit of that trail situation i wanted to go that 48 miles on dirt and trails are more difficult it's a little easier on the body because it's softer for the ground but your pace is slower you're constantly moving back and forth on the switch pack switchbacks up and down up and, and down too. i mean not just back and forth it's up and down too you don't even realize but i mean you're doing quite a bit of climbing on the trails and and you can't keep a pace you cannot get in a rhythm you're, you're constantly moving back and forth so that i think is where has been wearing on my body a bit more than I've already expected. Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? What do you think is going to be the most challenging? I mean, you've done one, and now you're a quarter of the way through your second 4x4x48 challenge. What do you feel like is going to be the most challenging? Yeah, I think for me, hands down, the most challenging part is not knowing for certain what the path will be. Like, I typically run in an area where I know exactly where the next turn is. I know exactly what's uphill. I know exactly how far I'm going before I do the next part. And for me, the uncertainty of which way are we going? I've never run this route before. Like, I feel like this is way farther than what we're supposed to go. Like, just the mental battle for me to stay in the moment, just you know, one foot in front of the other, just as far ahead as your headlamp will let you see and no further. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to that part where now I'm truly trail running and enjoying it. But the hurdle for me is there's no set path. And that's a hard one for me. It's so interesting because I feel like that actually makes it easier for me. When I'm running somewhere that I run a lot and I know how far it is, you know, to where I'm going, I feel like that's more of a struggle than when I don't know the path. And so, you know, it's our second run today. We took off on what we thought was going to be a trail that we could get the We did not. You took off. We followed you. Yeah. I, I, Chief, I actually think that you said you scouted it and we're like, yeah, we could definitely get a run in on this path. So we took off on a trail and I would say we're about a half mile in the trail ended <laughs> like not didn't turn there was no way to go it ended yeah. into the lake basically yeah it, it ended and we we're all standing there going okay what do we do now there was like a random picnic table down there <laughs> i think that was the destination of the trail that was my favorite run so far <laughs> yeah. we just have to get more blazes if we're going to try that one again <laughs> but it isn't surprising though if you've listened to the podcast a lot jeff and and, and i are this is chief are much more of the planners where Jared is, again, that free spirit style, and we, we reached the goal at the end of it, but like I came out early to scout trails because I want to know where we're running. I want to know where the turns are. I want to know that what we have done will get us that two- or four-mile loop 
because I don't like to run into the unknown. I like to know that my effort is going somewhere because if you get too far out or you, you miss a turn, I mean, you're going to, you're going to be four miles into the woods and you're going to have to walk back four miles and you've got another four, <laughs> four miles coming up pretty soon. So, um, or just sleep there and wait for the <laughs> next three hours and run it back. <laughs> and the other thing that uh, makes it difficult for the night runs is that peripheral vision uh, with the headlamps. Because you, you you don't realize how much you rely on that peripheral vision of allowing you to kind of judge distance and see where you're at in the woods and running. And when you've just got that, that darn headlight right in front of you, you got uh, that's all you got to run by. And so you don't really can't really gauge distance. It's much more difficult to gauge how far you've run. And that may be a good thing for some people. Plus, as you look around, you got eyes looking back at you. You yeah. just see these like yeah. glowing eyes out there looking <laughs> back at you. Like I'm sure it's a nice, friendly deer. I hope. Let's hope so. That's the beauty of Oklahoma. I think we only have to worry about the deer and maybe the possums or something out here. When I left to go to Callaway's game tonight, there was a herd of deer up by the front, and I they would not let me get by, and I thought. Man, these deer are not afraid of anything. And I thought, okay, well, um, hopefully I see them on the trail because that would mean all is well. We did see them on the trail. Did you? We Literally, did. yeah, probably 30 sets of eyes. It was pretty wow, cool. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Cool. It looked like a city landscape of lights <laughs> out there just staring at us. <laughs> well, I think we should bring John into this conversation. I think so. So john came out and ran with us again like i mentioned he's in the navy with me and as soon as i had mentioned that four by four by 48 challenge he said oh man i'm I'm in something i've been wanting to do and been wanting to do it with somebody and so of course if you're wanting to do it jump on in come on in with us and so i want to open the floor to john and ask that question of how did you get here john well first of all i said that i'd always wanted to do one of those and then you called me a couple of days later and said hey I talked to my buddies and guess what? You're in. I was like, oh, well, crap. Now I guess I'm, now I guess I'm committed. So that's well, you know really what's, how I got You here. know what's weird, John, is I've told a lot of people that I'm doing it and not one of them has responded. I've always <laughs> wanted to do that. You got an open spot for me? I mean, I'm like begging people to come out and do two runs. And so, you know, Chief says one thing and you're like, yeah, I'm in for the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. So I guess I really started running a lot more um, when COVID really happened because I used to lift quite a bit. I say quite a bit. I wasn't like a bodybuilder or anything, but you know, I'd go to the gym to burn off some stress or, you know, stress relief after work. And then once I couldn't go to the gym anymore, I started up in my running. And one day I was getting close, you know, I started, I remember starting April 1st and then come, you know, halfway through April, I was like, man, I might be able to get a hundred miles this month. So that became my goal. And then here I went from, you know, running two miles after a workout to, you know, five, six miles a day. And then that last day of April of last year, I was, I think, 13 miles shy. So I got out there and did the whole loop around Stanley Draper. I was the longest I ever ran before. So I hit my 100 miles and that became my, my new goal, 100 miles a month. And then I didn't make it in May because I moved in June, same deals, moving everything else. But come July, I did it again, 100 miles. And that's been my goal every month. And I've hit it up until now. And, uh, you know, here I am, being you know six days in, I'm gonna be fifty something miles. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna get half that this weekend. So, so John's yeah. got a funny story about that first. You know, as he's saying, I think that's a really great thing to bring up that you weren't always this style of runner. You didn't always just do this. And he was telling us on the trail run this last one where 
he was doing that 13 mile loop and he was like half mile out and some of the construction guys that were working around Draper were like hey man are you okay do you need some water or something yeah you know I was struggling (laughs) I think it says a lot about you that at the end of the month you look and you're 13 miles shy and you think wow, I think I'll go ahead and knock out that 13 miles just to get to that 100 instead of, you know, 87 is pretty solid. And so I think that is an amazing thing that we kind of glossed over, but I I don't want that to be lost. That's an impressive thought process. I've got a question, though. So, you know, you, you, you sort of said it like, you just started running and then you noticed that you might get to a hundred. And, <laughs> and so, I mean, I've got a question like, was a hundred sort of in your mind at all ever during April or was it literally just, you got toward the end of April and all of a sudden realized, wow, I could hit a hundred miles if I just push a little bit. Yeah. That's really what it was. I did. I didn't have that in there at all. And, uh, you know, I never even tracked my miles really until then. And, and I was tracking and, uh, you know, the app I was using, it kept showing, you know, by the month, and then that's when I was like, man, I might be able to hit a hundred. So yeah. well, let's see if we can do it. And that's then, great. Yeah. <laughs> about, tracking about 10 miles into that track. Tracking is what, tracking's what got me too. I yeah. think anything, I just went back from April of last year and looked at kind of my training pattern. Once we stopped doing our Leadville training last year mm-hmm. and it's amazing, um, how your body, if you listen to your body, how your body kind of follows a buildup and then the need to recover, and then a build-up and a need to recover. And that's going to be key for us, following a plan to get to Leadville, being healthy and being rested. And I, I just think there's a lot that goes into listening to your body and then being able to push those limits when you are feeling good. I think it's important to highlight the mentality of John because he didn't have that accountability partner at the time. It was more of a self-desire to want to accomplish the 100 miles. He didn't really post it on social media. Him and I were talking, but it was just him and I talking. And so when it came to the end of the month, and he, he was holding himself accountable. And that, that's a huge mentality gain there. That's a mentality that is always going to succeed at the end if you want to accomplish it for yourself. And you're not really doing it for anybody else but yourself. And uh, that's why it's good, like we've talked before, about having accountability partners. And you made that post earlier this week, Jeff, about your sons mm-hmm. wanting to run because the other one was doing it and it was holding mm-hmm. that competition, accountability. That works for some people too, but uh, that self-desire mentality is very difficult to get. And to yeah, that's what it. I was going to say. I, it's almost the hardest thing, I feel uh, yeah. like. I mean, it's the the reason why we talk about how important it is that we have this group and we do things together is because it is so hard to do the same thing if it's just you, right? I mean, I think that's, John, what probably makes it so much more impressive is that, it, you know, you weren't pushing to get 100 miles because somebody else was running alongside of you and you guys decided, hey, you know what, we could push this. This was just happening in your own mind, and I feel like that's the hardest thing mm-hmm. to get to, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then... um I was listening to Courtney Dewalter talk earlier this week, and she had made a comment about you you will automatically set the bar lower than what you can really accomplish. I mean, you're, you're going to automatically, your brain and your body will say, hey, 87 miles, that's good to go. But you realize that John could have probably done even farther, you know, had he had the time. But you're going to set that bar, and you're going to move it down to adjust to what the expectations that you didn't meet. And it's important to, to raise that bar and keep it higher. And, and keep it up there to the goal that you initially set. 
I mean, that's that that's gonna always gonna lead to a past success, regardless if it's running, work, whatever it yeah. whatever it is. Well, Chief, you and I have talked about this. Um, it's you you have a tendency to set a bar in your mind or set a goal in your mind that you're pretty comfortable with, that you you're pretty confident you can actually hit. It's really hard to set a goal that you think you can't do. Um, but 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 you find when you do those, and they're rare, but you find when you do that is you 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 do sort of exceed your expectations. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I so that Beth called me out earlier this <laughs> week and Beth's your wife. Beth is my wife and I was on the treadmill. The peanut butter queen. What I mean, what have we have, have we dubbed her that? I mean is that She made some P B and J's. I ate one. I'm not gonna I'm not ready to give her a full redemption yet on that. Um I was on the treadmill and doing our speed work for this last training plan, these these last couple of weeks of training plan, and and I was six point five on the treadmill, and I bring it down to five point five, and six point five, and five point five. I was doing an interval thing where it was like five minutes on, one minute off, five minutes on. And I came off the treadmill, and I was like, "Oh man, like that was some good speed work." And she's like, "Did did you do it yet, or or have you done it?" And I said, "Well, yeah, I just got done doing it." She's like, "That is not entirely fast enough. <laughs> you weren't doing speed work; you were just running a little harder than normal." And I was like, man, she's totally right. I got comfortable. I set that bar and I wasn't willing to raise it. I was like, hey, this is, I know 6.5 is fast on the treadmill, but is that my speed work? No, it's not. I took, I took the easy button. And as much as we talk about in the podcast, I fell victim to it subconsciously. I didn't even realize what I was doing until she called me out for you it. You were patting yourself on the back yeah. until she said, I was no. ready to crack a beer. You know, hey, <laughs> speed work done. Speed work check. And, um, that's important too to have. I really appreciate my spouse to be able to say, "Hey, you're not you're not working harder. You're not working as hard as you possibly can. You're not putting in the full effort that you should be putting in. That you're asking from your running partners and you're asking from people on the podcast." Yeah, I, it, it reminds me. Remember when the rate of perceived exertion became a legitimate way to sort of judge <laughs> how hard you were working. <laughs> Which it, it probably is, it, unless you're me, because I can convince myself I'm working a lot harder than I'm really working, right? So, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, on the RPE scale, I'm crushing it. You know, I'm like at a 10. And, uh, you know, and then once you start tracking, you know, once you get into Jeff's world and start tracking what you're doing, you're like, oh, geez, is this, golly, I had this pegged at a 10, and it turns out I'm just slacking. It's, I tried it's, to track this week on my speed work also, and... I'm, I'm used to that and I feel like, you know, we run enough the same speed and a lot of distance that you think I would be able to kind of nail that without much help. And I tried to put in a warm up mile and then a speed mile and then a warm up mile. And my goal was I want to go 10 or higher on my warm up mile. 10 minutes. 10 minutes per mile higher on my warm up mile. I want to go seven minutes or lower on my speed mile and I want to go nine and a half to 10 and a half on my cool down mile. Um, I've never run a mile faster than seven minutes. I think my, my Nike run club says I'm seven Oh eight or seven Oh five or something like that. And I do my, my warm up mile at nine fifteen pace and I do my speed mile at seven Oh four, which I think I'm killing it until I look at the watch. And then I do my cool down mile at 927. And I'm thinking, well, 
um, I miserably failed at that goal and I had the tracking on my arm to be able to do it and I still couldn't do it. And I think, you know, we talk about perceived effort and the, the person that holds you back when it's perceived effort is just you, you know, and I, I don't like that feeling of not being able to make what I'm thinking a reality. And instead, the reality is something very different than what I'm thinking. Or what and you're feeling. Right? Yes. It's, the reality yes. is different from what my you're My mind feeling. is telling my body, hey, this, 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 and it's not real. And that's the part that I want to disconnect in all this training. I want to disconnect my mind from my body so that my body can do what it can do and my mind can stay out of the way. Yeah, the mind is always a giant obstacle in any of this. Yeah, I think it just, you know, just tricks you into the steady state easiest effort and you have to get it out of there. Yeah, your bodies want to go to as as comfortable as possible yeah. all the time. It likes to be there and that's the point of doing things that are challenging is to force yourself to get uncomfortable, to get outside where you want to be, right? Find that uncomfortability zone. I, I like to hashtag the uncomfortability <laughs> zone, right? Um, to bring it back to John, John, what do you think is going to be the most difficult part for you during this challenge? I think the trails. You know, I, I do a lot of my running. Most of it, I do it on my treadmill. Um, and the some that I don't, you know, I run through my, I got a little mapped out spot around where I live and it's all paved road. So uh, the trails, I think are going to, you know, I can already kind of start to feel it in my legs and my knees a little bit different than I normally do. So uh, initially I thought it was going to be the getting up in the middle of the night and going, but I think now the biggest struggle is going to be my legs. So, And so do you think it's going to be more of a physical obstacle versus a mental obstacle for you to, to accomplish it? Uh, right now, right now. I mean, I guess we're, we're kind of early in it, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll revisit uh, I this guess, question. I guess, yeah, we'll see that one tomorrow, uh, <laughs> tomorrow afternoon from what I've been told. So, um, But, yeah, I think so. I think uh, my legs are probably going to be the... Uh, the biggest obstacle. Um, well, for me, I think that's easier to deal with. So let me ask you a Jeff style philosophical question here. <laughs> okay. What, what turned the corner for you to want, I know we talked COVID. I know you started running and you were tracking the hundred miles. What turned the corner for you to want to take on a challenge like this or push yourself into what I like to call the uncomfortability zone? <laughs> well, you know, it kind of does sound a little bit cliche, but I did read, uh, you know, David Goggins book probably around last January. And, um, you know, I thought to myself at the time, that's something that I've never done before is, is really push myself to those limits. But then it was just kind of like an idea until I really started doing the, the running after COVID and I stopped going to the, you know, anytime fitness. Right. Well, so, we're in the Navy. We couldn't go to the gym. <clears throat> right. You had right, to find yep. another thing, right? So that's when I got out there and started hitting the roads and uh, trying to see how, how much I could push myself, which kind of led to the, uh, you know, the last day of April. I had to knock out that 13 and a half miles and thought I was going to die and panic some construction workers along the way. So, <laughs> You know, I think we represent a little bigger piece of the population than we realize in wanting to know, like, where are my limits? And, you know, in, in my day to day, in my work week, that's not a thing. That's not a, where I'm, nothing shows up. That's like, oh yeah, we're going to test your limits on this. 
And so I find myself searching for that and reading about it and following people who are testing their limits and wondering, can I do that? What, where is that for me? And I think, you know, over time you start to accumulate similar people looking for the same thing. And I, I would just challenge people to think about it. Just, just think for a second, where are my limits? In, in my life, where are my limits and how can I try to see where those are? Yeah. And, and I, what you were saying made me think of when somebody broke the, the first four, four minute mile, mm-hmm. nobody thought it was ever possible. And then once somebody broke it, somebody else broke it. And then somebody else broke it. And it's the same thing in this style of challenge where somebody went and did it and you're like, okay, it's doable. I, I, he did it. I could do it. She did it. I could do it kind of a thing. And, um, it's that unknown is probably the most difficult part to get over is the unknown of, is this even possible for the, for a human to do? And so to see somebody do it is makes it, or be a part of somebody doing it makes it easier in your mind to maybe accomplish. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that people like David Goggins have struck a chord in, you know, I mean, he, he's blown up. I mean, he's, you know, a lot of people know who David Goggins is. Um, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of other people out there like David Goggins, you know, I know we follow Jocko Willink and, you know, there's, there are a lot of people out there, I think that are, that are causing or even forcing people like us to look at our own lives and say, are, are we doing everything we could do? Are we everything that we want to be? Um, and I think the reality is most of us, I know this is true for me. If you ask that question to yourself, the answer's not very good. Um, and so all of a sudden you're like, I can do more. I need to do more, right? And I think as as you start down that path, um, it just tends to pick up steam, right? You find other people who challenge you in different ways. And, um, and I think that, you know, it's, I think you're right, Jeff we're not any different than a lot of people who are sort of sitting in that same spot. And it's why the David Goggins of the world are getting so popular is because they're, they're forcing you to look at how you're living your life and answer the question of, can I do more? Should I be doing more? And I think for most of us, the answer is probably yes. Jared, do you think that the David Goggins and Jocko and, and these style of influencers are bringing a mentality that, not so much of can I do more or will I ever find my limits? You know, I mean, I think that there's, I think that there's something that is really innate or inherent in most of us to, to want to push ourselves, to want to find our limits. And I think it's people like Goggins and Jocko who maybe challenge what you assume those limits are. Right. And, and so that's to me really what's happening is if you just sort of put your blinders on and live everyday life, certainly where we live, you never have those thoughts. You're never faced with where are my limits? Um, because it's just not part of normal life for most people. And so that to me is really that's what's happening is they're changing what you think are people's limits and all of a sudden, that causes you to look at your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're kind well, of go ahead, Jeff. Let's uh, let's let's stay on this for a second. Let's 
Let's go around the table. And when was a time that you did something that you that was beyond what you thought your limits were? And once that happened, how did that open your mind? And I can lead off. Um, so you guys can think about it. I please, I will tell you <laughs> the, the first time I went beyond my limits was my very first trip to Eureka Springs to do the off-road triathlon there. I was by myself. It was a lake swim and I could feel the seaweed from the bottom and I am afraid of things. <laughs> and it was a mountain bike course that I did not uh, prepare for and had never seen and struggled. And it was six miles on a trail that I thought felt all uphill. And there was over a hundred times during that day when I thought, there's no reason to keep going. There's just no reason to, to finish this. And you, you're out there, you're not by yourself. There's other people doing it, but you're by yourself on the trail. So for 50 yards in front of you and 50 yards behind you, there's nobody. And so it's just you, it's just nature, and it's just your thoughts. And I will tell you, when I came downhill and turned around the meadow and saw the finish, I'm almost emotional now talking about it. It was a feeling of, man, I am so much more capable than I thought. I'm the only one holding myself back. And that was the beginning for me of like, let's do some tough stuff and see if it's actually that tough. And here I am doing this challenge for the second time. And I know it's tough. I know it's hard. And I know what I'm going to be thinking when it comes time to do the hard stuff. And yet once those things get accomplished, my mind opens up so much to the possibilities and other aspects of my life. And I like that. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And I would say that the probably the two-part two part answer for me would, <clears throat> would be that first half marathon I ever did. I was I was much like John. I was not a runner. I enjoyed I enjoyed lifting weights. I did some CrossFit, some hit stuff. And I remember being extremely nervous. I talked about this before on that that first half marathon. And when I ran and I and I finished, and my wife had my uh, soup can metal ready for me, you know. And <laughs> I thought, wow, that wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. That my my mental game blocked much of what I physically could accomplish. And then the second answer to that would be that that first 50K I did in Tulsa at Post Oak. I had a lot of confidence going in the marathons, and, and that was fine. But to go beyond that, to consider yourself the quote-unquote ultra runner at that point, was like, wow, okay, I'm going five miles beyond that. I'm breaching into the unknown. Can I handle it? And coming around the corner and passing the finish line was enough for me. And then to know that I did well was even more of a gratification of, okay, like I, I've pushed myself into that zone and I really enjoyed being there. I'd like to do it again to see how much farther can I go. The curiosity killed a cat at that right in that yeah. point, right? Where you're like, I'm curious to see what what is the end of what I what I can do because I've opened up this Pandora's box of okay, I had this already mental block, I couldn't do it, and then when I realized that I can do more than I mentally think I can. Now you're chasing that. Now you're chasing that game the whole time. 
and we talked about this in our run this evening was stuff I enjoy that being uncomfortable because when I go to work on a day-to-day basis some of those tasks that would be stressful or outside my comfort zone I realize okay they're not as bad as I think that they are because I have confidence in the fact that okay I I went out and did a 50 miler and I, I wasn't mentally prepared for it or I went out and did that half marathon and I mentally didn't think I could do it that mental stuff applies to my work a lot of okay mentally I don't think I can do it but I did this so I know I can get this done and and that helps me a lot in 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 work and stuff so yeah I think that's I, I think that's true I think for most people <clears throat> whenever they whenever you bank something or or what Goggins would say whenever you put a cookie in that cookie jar um, it doesn't matter if the next thing is the same type of challenge or something totally different, your mentality about your ability to, to knock it out changes. Um, so, you know, for me, I'm, I'm probably the opposite of, of you guys. And Chief, you and I have talked about this. I, I tend to default to, I think I can do that. And so, you know, it's, it's the reason why I can sign up for Leadville on a whim because I go, yeah, I can do that. And I tend to get humbled after I've already decided I can do something and find out, wow, I really wasn't ready for this. But, um, but, but that's, that's usually my starting point. I'm usually pretty confident that I can get to a point of being able to do this. Um, and I've said this, I mean, when we first signed up for Leadville last year and I posted it on social media, um, and I've said, you know, on this podcast before the reason I posted is because then people know it and I I've got no choice but to try to get ready for it. But when I first posted it, I said, this is the first thing I've ever, ever signed up for that I legitimately don't know if I can do already. Right. I mean, even with, even with Ironmans, I just, whether I was foolish or not, I'm sure I was foolish to some level. I thought I could do it before I was ever in that struggle. And so to me, what I usually find out in the, in the middle of these challenges or in the middle of these dark places you find yourself in a race is that I wasn't as ready as I thought I was, right? You know what I mean? And so yes. it's, it's a little different. I, I don't discover that I can go further than I thought I could. I discover that I can't go as far as I thought I could. Um, and that, to me, is what makes me turn around and say, I want another shot at it. I want another shot at that because I can do it better. You know, it's in the moment, I, I remember our first Ironman in Boulder, I was just miserable on the run, you know, and I was cramping everywhere. I could run like 10 steps and I'd have to stop and walk and stretch. And and at, during that moment, I'm thinking, I'm never signing up for this stupid race again. This is so dumb. Why do they even do this? I've got better things to do. Those are the thoughts. I'm, and then immediately after I thought, man, I can do better than that. That wasn't everything I have. So I'm, I'm a little bit different than, than you two, I think, because I tend to get in that dark place and find out I'm not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> and so I got to go back and do it again. Yeah. I mean, that's a unique mentality for sure. I mean, it's, it's really cool that you brought that up. I think, and, yeah, I think that speaks to uh, probably a pretty open mind right out of the gate. You whereas said, mine you said is the not. Bar, I'm sorry, Jeff, but you set the bar far, far and then bring it back. Yeah. Yeah. And then, John, you're not going to get out of this. Nope, you're up. <laughs> well, for me, it was definitely that first trip around, you know, trip around the lake, the 13 and a half miles. But then I think the next time um, we were planning a run one day, Chief, and we were, we were sitting there looking and uh, trying to figure out where we're going to go. And then 
turns out it's the hottest day of the year in Oklahoma. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll probably reschedule for next week. And you're like, why? I'm like, well, way to call me out again. I guess we're going. It's 107 degrees, but we're going to run a horse trail around a lake. <laughs> so, um, but getting out there and doing that and realizing, you know, when most people don't even want to walk to their car across the parking lot, and here we are. I think I made it like four miles maybe. But, uh, you know, after that, I was like, man, you know, we did that. So, you know, what else are we going to get into? The possibilities are endless, right? Yeah. John, unfortunately, I know John's button. Like, the other the other day, we was super cold out. I was like, hey, John, let's go for a six-miler out, out of your house. And you're like, dude, it's going to be 27 degrees. I said, and you, I didn't realize you were in bed already. I said, what better way to embrace the suck? And you're like, I got out of bed. I got my running clothes ready for the next morning, you know. But I, John and I always talk about that when we do our runs. Every Friday, we do a run together. We bring a bunch of the Navy guys. We do a run and is I like to run on those difficult days because it makes tomorrow a little bit easier. Tomorrow's run, when it's 100 degrees out instead of 107 a day, you're going to be like, oh, man, that's not so bad. Yesterday was 107, and we got four miles in. Changes your mindset to, I mean, how hard could it be? I've already done this. I've already ran on the hottest day. And for me, the whole, just like, you know, no one else is doing that, you know? Everybody else is sitting in the air conditioning, or everybody else is, you know, staying in bed when it's 27 degrees, so... I just like the aspect of doing things that no one else is doing, you know? Listen, I use that a lot for motivation, actually. Um, I know nobody else is doing this. I'm for sure doing it. Uh, That's a good one, I think. So I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up today's podcast. Um, I wanted to give a couple shout-outs. We got Blake out in Poto, Oklahoma. and uh, Nice. He's been doing a great job. Keep it up. Send him some koozies. He's, He's getting some beers. Um enjoying his run and, and we're following you man we're proud of you keep it up um i know that jeff he won a contest and we've just changed our training plan because of i it. did i did i won a contest with uh run infinite and i am going to get a leadville specific training plan and i'm excited about that and i'm excited that uh, we'll be able to look at somebody who's already been successful and compare that to what we thought we were going to do to be successful and incorporate that into our training plan. I'm super stoked about that and I'm super grateful to them. Um, So look for more information from me about going through their training plan and the help that I'm getting from them. I think they have training plans for um, all kinds of different races, not just Leadville. They have 100-miler plans, and you can choose whether or not you want a, a flat terrain or rolling hills or something like that. So run infinite. Look them up. Where can they find them on Instagram? Yeah, that's where I found them. Okay. It was, I think it's at run infinite, right? I, I think so. I think at run underscore infinite, something like that. So, yep, yeah, just Google right. them. You should be able to find them. Um, other than that, we got a, our next episode that we're going to be talking about is going to be failure. So maybe a three three-part episode and maybe one-part episode. <laughs> Jeff and Jared said they don't have anything to add, so I guess I'll just be the talker. Uh, but that'll be the next episode coming up. Uh, we're going to drop this one tonight. We're going to still be at Thunderbird for tomorrow, so come out and enjoy the run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now it's it's 10.52 p.m. where our next run is at midnight. So we go midnight, we go 4, we go 8 a.m., and I know a bunch of you guys are out there struggling too. And uh, that is, that's awesome. I know it's we're getting motivation from seeing other people out there struggling, doing their own challenges. And before we sign off, we are drinking beer. We do have to mention what we're drinking. So 
uh, awesome brewery. John and I, being in the Navy, a uh, fellow chief retired. He opened a brewery in Norman, Oklahoma called Lazy Circles, and we're drinking the Dirty Bird, which is in memory or in honor of Lake Thunderbird. So, of course, <laughs> we've got to drink that beer. And Steve is the owner of that, Steve Basie, and he's just the super nice guy. He has a great little brewery down there. Please go down there, check it out, have some beers, and uh, enjoy it. And we're definitely enjoying this beer. So, we you know, we appreciate Lazy Circles for letting us come out and have some beers and fill some growlers up and enjoy it out here. But other than that, I appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll see you next time.